All right, guys. Our first session with three. I just want to introduce Lovis. Uh, he's part of the tokenomics DAO, I guess. And uh, yeah, today we wanted to talk about Luna and Terra. And well, yeah, I don't know how we want to structure the call or how we want to structure the podcast. I, I thought like maybe we can get into what it is first, because there's probably going to be a lot of people that are unfamiliar with the whole thing. And then I guess what brought us to do this session was mainly around um, the recent announcements that on the one side, there's a bit of FUD going on on the side of that the, the Anchor protocol is giving out 20% on stable coins. It feels unsustainable to a lot of people. And then also they're buying Bitcoin as a reserve. And with that, kind of admitting that their algorithmic stablecoin has failed. So, um, yeah, to me, all inter interesting topics. Maybe try and let's try and go through this slowly. What do you think? Yeah, yeah sounds good. good. Cool. The, the slower, the better for me. So I'm really hoping yeah. to get educated on this topic. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, looking forward to it. All right, cool. So maybe... I mean, we can do like a short version of this diagram that I've done. And yeah. um, it's available on YouTube, right? On YouTube, it's on the tokenomics style website. Mm -hmm. um, so if you just go to the website, you'll see this, um, yeah, the thing, like the same diagram that I'm showing on my screen now. I hope you can see it. Yeah. And um, so pretty much, their aim back then, and this diagram is probably outdated now since they've done this Bitcoin stuff. I need to update it. But what they have is when this... when was sorry, Flo, when was the Bitcoin news? Um, oh, geez, um, in months was... or weeks or no, no, March third. Oh, so very recently, roughly, yeah, or yeah, February twenty third, maybe, yeah. It was okay. like kind of that time frame. So just this month, yeah, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and. Oh God, how do I get to this tab again? So stupid. There we go. Anyway, so the protocol, they, they tried to be this algorithmic stablecoin, right? An algorithmic stablecoin basically means that um, the stablecoin that they produce is pegged to the US dollar or to other currencies, but it's not backed by anything, right? So it's just backed by this algorithm, I guess. And the algorithm uses another token called Luna to keep um, the stablecoin pegged to the US dollar. And they've got this interesting pegging mechanism. It's, it's actually, yeah, a quite simple thing. So whenever the price of Terra, like Terra, they, they, they call it Terra, but essentially there's different versions of Terra. There's a UST version of Terra. There's a Korean one version of Terra. And if let's, let's go with the UST because that's certainly the biggest one. If that goes below the, uh, above the peg or below the peg, let's say it goes below the peg. So it goes from, instead of being at $1, it goes to 99 cents. Um, so what would happen then? The Luna protocol enables this arbitrage opportunity where um, Luna can be swapped for Terra one-to-one um, -one and enabling, therefore, users 
to take their Luna in this case and um, buy Terra off the market and swap it for Luna, right? So if the if the if the stablecoin goes below peg, that would then create demand for the stablecoin and bring the price back up to one dollar. Um, so that's kind of the, the mechanism that way. And the other way around is like if if it goes above peg, meaning there's lots of um, demand naturally driving the price up, then uh, the Terra Luna protocol incentivizes these arbitrageurs to sell Terra, driving the price down again, right? Just bringing, introducing supply to meet the demand and bringing it back to $1. So that's kind of what the whole mechanism does. And so, so can I just ask um, the swap, right? You say it's one-to-one. -one. What does that mean? Like one-to-one -one in terms of value? It can't be one token for one token, right? No, well, the um, like it'll be tied to the value of the Luna token. Right, so currently, I guess the Luna token is worth ninety, ninety-three dollars. Yeah, and so one Luna is swapped for ninety-three UST. Understood. So, okay, so at that so this, time, whatever the trading value is, you would yeah. swap one to that one swap. in nominal in, USD terms. Understand. Right? One. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And so, yeah, this guy Murray Rudd. Maybe we can link him. Not that I understand everything that he <laughs> writes about and talks about, but he seems to have like understood this in a way and has modeled out the craziest um, scenarios for for like what could happen with this mechanism. Like, um, and the play here, I think what 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 Luna is going on. What they openly also said is the more users will use this UST stablecoin, um, the more Luna will need to be burnt in the background to create these stable coins, right? Um, to like, generally like introducing supply of that Luna, uh, sorry, introducing supply of that stable coins, a Terra will require Luna to be burnt. And if that gets burnt, it gets scarcer and scarcer, reducing the supply and driving the price up. So Murray Rudd, he basically has like these crazy simulations, um, calculations of how high that price could go if we see demand for the stable coin increasing now. So um, just to see if I understand correctly. So say I was to swap that one Luna for 93 Terra, right? I get that 93 Terra and then that one Luna gets burnt. Is that how it works? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so, gets so taken out of circulation. Yeah. Yeah. So as more applications come online, the demand for Terra goes up. So UST go, has pressure to go above that $1 peg, right? Mm -hmm. And so then Luna gets sold into this protocol, yep. creating terror. And every time that happens, you burn the, uh, you burn Luna. Yeah. Which exactly. then makes the Luna's price go up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because right. you're taking- And then where the, the FUD comes from is that basically, um somebody holds a billion ust so that you know the stable coin and they want to redeem it for luna then that would have the opposite effect right so then there would uh a bunch of luna would be created increasing supply which could crash the price of luna so yeah. that's so that so a lot of people think of it as luna being collateral for ust 
And so basically you could have a bank run situation. If everybody wants to redeem the UST for Luna, then that could be fatal for the system because, well. But, but that's crazy though. Like why would people want to do that? It's, uh, it's, it's weird, right? Like why would somebody want to go do a, have a bank run to run into Luna? You would think it's always the opposite direction. I don't think it necessarily needs to be them intentionally running into Luna. It could just be that they don't trust the stablecoin Terra anymore. And so they'd sell it. And it depends on what they sell it for. But essentially mm -hmm. that selling would lead to a lot of supply being on the market, right? And therefore right, right, right. the price of it going below peg. And then this mechanism sets in that they then automatically start buying off um uh yeah, the, the selling off the, the Luna and introducing or creating more Luna even for that Terra that they need to take off the market. If that makes sense. Yeah. I hope I did. Absolutely. This is like, yeah, I always struggle with every single explanation because you mix up the words and then you're like, oh God, how does this <laughs> thing work? <laughs> okay, okay. But so basically what Lovis was saying, right? Lovis, the FUD is more like a, not a run on the the integrity of the whole stablecoin itself, people feeling worried that it will not hold its value and therefore cashing in. Exactly. So dumping UST somehow. And then, right, there's these two, I guess there's, there's maybe even more than two mechanisms, but the two that we just came across. So one is if they redeem for Luna, that would be like directly, that would probably be uh, pretty bad. And the other is like Flo said, if there's an oversupply of UST, which makes it DPEG, and then um, causes the protocol to kick in and just um, increase, like basically, <laughs> basically, uh, See? you know, See? yeah, it's 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 hard, right? So when, so let's let's talk this through one more time. So if Terra goes below peg, say it goes to ninety nine cents, right? That means we need buying pressure for UST, correct? And we create buying pressure by minting Luna? No. Yeah. So see here, Terra price is below peg. And then yeah. we mint Luna. And then yeah. we offer that Luna for a swap. The and the arbitrageurs would then go take that Luna um, and like buy Terra on the market to get that Luna, right? So we mint that Luna, it's available here in this market maker. And then the user goes, yeah. he buys some Terra off the market, introduces therefore demand for it, pick, bringing the price back to the peg. And then they then swap that for Luna and the Terra gets burnt, taken ah, off right. supply. Oh, yeah. be okay, because, um, so maybe you guys already understood this, but so because the arbitrageur basically pays 99 cents to receive a dollar worth of Luna, right? That's the... So that's exactly. why the Luna has to be minted. We need a supply of Luna nominally one-to-one -one with Terra, but the Terra is cheaper right now. So you're basically buying On the market, $1 yeah. of Luna at a discount. That's where, yeah. the, okay. So, okay, I yeah. got it. Yeah. And, and vice versa, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Well, this is complicated, so. <laughs> it is, it is, um, it is. But like, but, I mean, like a, an easy way for me to always see it is like, and a, a friend of mine recently asked me, said like, Man, I don't know why this happens, but whenever ETH and this stuff goes up, then Terra goes down. And I'm like, yeah, that's related to if there's panic in the market, people usually get out of their like 
crypto tokens and go into into a stablecoin, and therefore uh, increasing the demand for that stablecoin. And for that to happen, if there's more demand, then Luna needs to get burned. So the price of Luna then goes up. So it's actually like a bit like, I don't know, I haven't proven that I'm not, I'm not a, a guy who looks in, I'm, I don't, I'm not a technical analyst or anything like that, but um, he's definitely seen this behavior. So whenever there's some panic in the market or it's going down, then Luna kind of trades against that sometimes at least because people a, go into the stable coins and then but which which actually demand. would be a beautiful function right like if it had <laughs> if it even if it's just for like temporarily right that it that would be phenomenal to have it in your <clears throat> to hold some luna in your portfolio yeah um, well, would we be able to broadly say that when there's more um demand for ust then luna goes up Yes, broadly speaking, and the same yeah, is true when it goes down. I, I would say you can uh, say that, and it's I think very well illustrated by, um, you know, uh, in the beginning, uh, Flo mentioned that Anchor protocol gives you close to twenty percent APY on your stablecoin deposits on your UST deposits into Anchor. And um, because it's it is currently unsustainable, right? They, the the market rate, so to say, that they generate is, I think between I've heard ten percent, I've uh, I've heard close say closer to 14 percent, something like that. So there is a market rate that it produces, but then they're adding um, a couple of points on top, and they're doing that by just straight subsidizing it, right? So they give they put money in a yield reserve, and they're just giving people that additional whatever boost to make it close to 20%. And this reserve recently in last what like a month ago or something was running low, it was getting depleted close to zero. And so you know, you could see in anticipation of that, things got a little shaky, like people were, I think, dumping their UST. Um, Luna price wasn't doing so well, but there was overall market weakness. So you couldn't really say what the reason was for it to go down. But then once they announced the $500 million deposit or UST deposit into that yield reserve, after that for the next month or so, or a couple of weeks, I mean, Luna was on a tear and increased from like close to $50 up to a hundred, made a new all-time high um, pretty swiftly. And I, and I thought that was pure, maybe there was more things at play, but I definitely thought it was, well, if there's 500 million in the yield reserve, that gives investors the confidence to say, well, at least for the next couple of months, um, putting my money into Anchor is a safe bet, right? I'm getting my 20% um, yield. So let me put as much money in there as I can in stable coins, um, which, you know, through that mechanism pushes the price of Luna up. So I guess if you were yeah, yeah. real smart, what you would do is say if you had $100 million, you would put $50 million in <clears throat> Anchor and hold another $50 million of Luna and you'd make a super return at least for a couple months right something like that yeah so yeah, i would yeah. say that the demand for ust in that case really pushed up the price of luna for sure but as to how much i have yet i haven't understood and i saw from um what's what's that guy's name again Flo murray murray rudd yeah that for every so many he like tried to figure out for how, how how many dollar market cap increase for UST, it pushes up the price of Luna, but that seemed, um, I don't, it's never that linear in my, 
experience that there's always there's always opportunity for delay and um, stuff not working as as you thought but yeah and i think what he also does not factor in at all is um i don't know if you want to call it black swan events but things that um bring this all to a grinding halt right because at the end of the day what you need for such a algorithmic stablecoin to work is a belief system right people need to believe that this mechanism will hold and mm -hmm. that's quite quite something because it's a decentralized protocol and it's a really hard like we guys just struggled for 15 minutes to explain the thing i hope everybody understood it but it's not that easy to understand and then there's stuff going out in the background it's all changing all the time so i to me like this belief system is like a bit shaky to keep up um and if you i don't know yeah if maybe you could pair, compare it to the real us dollar um mm -hmm. all inflation aside but at least it's backed by uh, the largest economy in the world and their military. And so um, Terra is really, yeah, I don't know, backed by, backed by pretty much nothing. They're trying to change uh, yeah. that, but yeah. So it's a, you need a strong belief system to, to, to believe that UST will actually hold the peg, that it's going to stay, going to stay stable, right? It got, it, it, no matter what happens. Right. I mean, so, and eventually, um, well, so, you know, thinking that into the future, right? So currently, basically, it's an ecosystem that's being bootstrapped. So for me, any kind of like the, of these stunts that they're pulling with the yield reserve and like trying to figure it out, you know, backing it with Bitcoin and stuff like that makes, I, I would give them kind of like artistic license to try this out because it hasn't necessarily been done. Like I know many experiments like that exist. And I think as far as UST market cap, they were actually one of the ones who've gotten the furthest, well, maybe furthest, I think. Yeah. Um, but so you know, just the fact right now, it's psychologically it's pegged to the U pegged to the U.S. dollar, right? Um, other USTs exist, not uh, USTs, but other Terra's exist pegged to other currencies. But of course, the U.S. dollar is like the is the 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 big one. Um, so, so let's assume that this does turn in 10, 30, 10, 20, 30 years into a, like a global. Uh, ecosystem where you can where you worry less about oh what is this back backed by but what can i buy with it right what can what goods and services can i purchase with my ust would it then even still matter that it's pegged to the us dollar right like then it's like there's a there's a, a value unit i can exchange for goods and services and really what i care about is how much it buys rather than uh, which currency it's pegged to do you know what i mean yeah, yeah. I, and I guess at that at that point, pegging it to the U.S. dollar um, would be sort of slowing it down, or like maybe yeah. you know, if if it is this is this thing that you can pay with globally, I guess there's better stuff to peg it to than the U.S. dollar. You might see yeah, this happening now. Yeah, maybe this is just a always buys a barrel of oil or something like that, or yeah, or an ounce yeah. of gold or. Whatever. The gold. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the moment the moment that the pegging mechanism is proven to be time, or let's say it's time proven, right? Then they can just simply start to mint another coin that's pegged to something else. Oh, sorry, another token that's pegged to something else that people believe would be more interesting than the US dollar. But I'm guessing at the moment they just want this thing to grow. And that's why they're saying, oh, you can peg it to the Korean one, 
the US dollar, the euro, right? Because they just won for accounting purposes, you know, for these traditional traditional entities to like a 7-Eleven convenience store, right? To be able to just do their accounts easily, you know? So this is the biggest hindrance to let's say somebody going and saying, hey, I'm gonna start a lemonade stand and I'm gonna only let people pay in Bitcoin. Once that lemonade stand gets big enough, they need to start worrying about, oh, how do I pay my taxes? How do I get the government off my back, right? How do I do, how do I, how do I be that interface between the traditional world and the crypto world, you know? So I think at the moment that just helps with everything when you say, oh yeah, I sold a hundred lemonades for a hundred UST, right? Mm-hmm. But when yeah, that yeah. is no longer needed, then of course they can um, move to something else, peg it to like what Lovis said, like a barrel of oil or a gram of gold or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but so, uh, so one uh, guy, you know, there's a, a kind of like a, a critical thread on Twitter, which I, you know, do read with great interest. And of course, I, I'm not trying to be like a ultra fanboy. I do think it's a really cool experience. And I do have, for me, a significant amount of money in the Terra Luna ecosystem. Um, mostly, honestly, because it's, there's some cool DeFi apps in there that produce yield right now. And you can surf those a little while. Um, especially since everything else is kind of not so interesting. The, I mean, yeah, like ETH and Bitcoin have been going sideways for a couple months. Um, but so one thing that I read, somebody kind of pushing back a little bit uh, in the positive way was saying, well, think of Luna more as um, gold, but not in the sense of that it's the ultimate uh, store of value, but in the sense that it's like a fungible, valuable substance that can be that can be like minted into coins, for example. So it's less that it's it's not necessarily the collateral, it's just like the useful uh, matter that you can mint uh, currency out of. And then of course you can melt the currency back down and in back into, uh, you know, Luna, so to say. Um, what do you guys think about that explanation? I mean, so the problem that I have with it is like, well, that makes sense, but that is basically saying Luna is the collateral for the system. Um, and so if there's a problem with the Luna market cap going down, then you are kind of pulling, you know, pulling the rug under, out from under UST. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean, don't forget I'm writing, the, I'm, I'm currently writing this like Ponzi article and it's based on this uh, diagram that uh, Doomberg has created um, where you have like these two economies, right? So Luna and Terra, they're still connected to the real world and can flow into fiat and can be sold off to fiat, right? So that's kind of the flaw, I think, in that description, um, in in that collateral, because the, the collateral can shrink just by yeah. itself. You can you can sell it for fiat, right? And that's I think is what the is is the problem here. And I've seen some descriptions of this like death spiral where they've explained, um, I think I have it here. Uh, what what can basically happen in this in this bank run scenario? Um, I'll try to walk through it because maybe not everybody's gonna watch the video of this. But um, so Luna, if Luna loses value, right, and that could come in a market where people 
like where, where the UST supply does not expand but collapses, then Luna could lose value, right? Because we need to mint Luna into existence to take UST out of supply. And yeah. by minting Luna into existence, of course, the supply increases and therefore um, the value of the token or the price of the token will go down. There's just a lot of supply. And um, that will then, could then cause these issues. If this goes on further then, and that's kind of the, the belief system breaks now, if that goes on further, then UST, like people could fear that UST might not hold a peg, right? And people start to question the whole thing. Like, ah, oh, if this stuff loses in value, what if this goes on? Can it actually maintain the peg? The peg, and are my savings that I currently have in UST, are they actually safe? Or they're gonna down, go down the drain? And so a bank run on UST happens. And in order to, to, to kind of stop that, to backstop that, you need to mint more, mint even more Luna. And so it loses even more value. And that's kind of something um, that could go on for a while. And uh, yeah, collapse the price on it, on this thing because people are cashing out into fiat or something else. It's interesting though, right? Like, so now we're thinking about it in terms of, okay, um, UST might be in trouble because of the integrity of the Luna like Luna as collateral, right? But then for so long, for like nearly two years now, I've heard about how Tether's, um, whatever is collateralizing Tether, it's also dodgy or unknown or uncertain, right? Yeah. So it's like Luna's being probably more transparent than Tether is. And it's got some form of protocols behind it that gives utility Right. And yet it sounds like we're giving more scrutiny to um, UST's value versus USDT's value. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. And why is that? Well, yeah. Right, why is that? <laughs> <laughs> That's well, a very interesting question, right? Like why? Cause when you look USDT's bigger, larger than UST, right? Um, yeah. Much bigger. And why hasn't it been bigger. dumped in? Yeah. Because I think it's because it's backed endured. by US dollar and Luna, like the other is backed by nothing. Yeah. Mm. Well, so the idea of as a USDT has been around way long, right? Like way from the beginning. Not, not yeah. from the beginning, but like it's been around as much as long, almost as long as like centralized exchanges have been around, I think. Yeah. Um, and so I think the biggest uh so like people see it on every exchange and you sell like on many exchanges for a long time you didn't even have the option to sell back to usd you had to kind of sell to usdt if you wanted to get back into stables right if you wanted to get into something uh, uh yeah stable so to say yeah and but so the idea that usdt is backed 100 percent like dollar for dollar is extremely hard to believe i think um it's I also not don't true. think <laughs> it's probably not true. I, I, but I also don't think it matters either, right? Because the, um, they have a business model that seems to work and they've been through some crazy times, like major crashes of Bitcoin and ETH and all the big majors and they've somehow survived. So it might not be perfect, but I don't think it's going to get any better than that. 
You know what I mean? Like if there really was yeah. a fundamental problem with it, it would have already blown up. Like that's my biggest my biggest argument to not worry about USCT. Now, do I want to hold it? No, because why? I think I, there's really no benefit um, other than maybe putting it on uh, Celsius network or something and earning uh, close to 10% on it. That's pretty nice, right? Um, mm. But it, but so at the end of the day, the thing with USDT for me is like, it's cool because you can buy Bitcoin and ETH and stuff with it. But there's, I think, no roadmap, no agenda, no nothing to ever make it a form of payment for anything outside of the ecosystem. And that's kind of why I'm like, eh, then it's kind of boring, you know. And for UST, there's not a whole lot yet that I've found um, where, that makes it usable. Like, I can't go to the gas station in Germany and pay with UST, which is kind of sad, or with Euro T or whatever. Um, but I think they're working on that. And from what I know is they have a payment app uh, running in Korea that uses UST in the back in the back end. Chai, least. right? Is that Chai? Chai? Yeah. yeah. It's gotten pretty quiet around that. So I'm not sure how this thing is still working. I think I checked the website a while ago. It didn't work anymore. And hmm. my, my Korean is terrible. So I don't, I Ooh, can't find out. That's not good. I can yeah. find out. Hang on, yeah. I'll send a text while we talk to a Korean friend <laughs> and then maybe by the end I'll know. <laughs> Please, yeah. Um, so yeah, anyway, I think like, I just brought this up just, just to show on the, on the screen, right? The USDT is basically only 75% backed by cash and cash equivalents. And the other stuff is like secured loans, corporate bonds, and other investments. So it, it would be a terrible business if they just hold cash on the bank um, and then mint uh, a coin for that, right? It's basically, it's, it's going to give them zero revenue. So they have to do something with it and they have to put that money to use in some way. And um, everybody else is going to do that too. I don't know what USDC is doing uh, specifically. They do but, collect yeah. uh, transaction fees on USDT as well, though, don't they? Do they? I've, I th I, so it's an ERC20 token, isn't it? Yeah. But and, how do they then um, collect? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, th I just assumed that they would get a, a cut somehow. Mm. But maybe not. Yeah, maybe we can check that. I'm, I'm not sure about I'm not even sure how you would do that. Yeah. Yeah. So the... The crazy thing with USDT is when you look at the volume, like just on coin market cap, uh, yeah. it, it's it's insane, right? It's almost as high as the market cap in a 24-hour period. So yeah. that just means it's just a it's a it's like a catalyst. It's like a catalyst. Like it doesn't. Nobody really wants it. It's part of the re reaction, but it doesn't. <laughs> you it's know, nobody wants. Of the crypto yeah, it's ecosystem. Just liquidity. Yeah. yeah. Um, they, and that they all use it for like yeah changing stuff yeah and that's that's super impressive though right because that means the velocity of it is is insane like the the fed would love to for the us dollar to have that kind of velocity um because it would create in a, in a bigger ecosystem it would create prosperity right because if the velocity of money is high yeah uh, loans yeah. get created money gets spent and so forth uh, so consumption is high basically but it only but usdt is only in this really narrow little thing right it's, it doesn't do much other than buy yeah, bitcoin yeah. or buy eth or something yeah but i mean even though it's only backed by 75 percent cash and cash equivalents um ust or terra is not backed by anything at all just by mm. people believing in the mechanism and 
what I find interesting is that it, it went along for a while and I think it was a really cool try, but now what the team has introduced out of the when, like Jason, you asked that question, right? On the like beginning of March, they've said, uh, I, I don't know who this guy is, but he seems to be like part of the yeah, founding team, Terra Money. And he says like, we are inaugurating UST's Forex reserve with BTC. So basically what they're doing in this, um, the, the, the corporation is called uh, LFG, the Luna Foundation Guard. And I think they've received some, at Genesis, they've received some amount of, of tokens or something. So they've got, they're, they're uh, well cashed or well stocked with, with tokens. And they're using these tokens now to um, buy BTC. And they're going to hold these BTC and hopefully... I use that to throw a wrench in this death spiral scenario. I think I've got a, an image on that. Maybe we can have a quick look at that, what they're trying to achieve with it. Um, yeah, I think I've got it here. Um, the death spiral mitigated. But are they, but are exactly. they making, um, so does that mean they're making, I guess you're answering the question right now, uh, making USD redeemable for BTC? To some degree, yeah, yeah, because obviously, yeah, they, they can't back it like. What the what, what rate would you back it right? Not at the price of BTC. They would they probably need a lot of BTC for that. Right. Um, but like to some some degree, right? And um, I mean, US dollar backed by gold had a similar system, I think, in place. Um, so if we go back to that death spiral that we had before, right? We said Luna loses in value, and that leads to people potentially fearing that the peg will break on the stablecoin, UST. And so they go and sell that stablecoin because they feel like unsafe with it, that they cash in or buy fiat or something. And that would, in the death spiral, would lead to more Luna being minted to keep the peg um, and would further send the price of Luna down because we're introducing more Luna supply. So what they're basically introducing here is a step in between this bank run and Luna being minted where they say that uh, UST can be redeemed for Bitcoin, lowering the impact that it would have on, on Luna. Right, so there's, and, and, that, and that's the idea. They've, I think they've bought like quite significant amounts of Bitcoin already, um, like oh, yes. a couple of billion. Right, so the, well, the first thing I heard was one billion, and then later I heard something about ten billion, but I don't, I don't know which ones, which like. This yeah, and... that sounds alright. Like they, they've been, they've been, I've I've been reading some tweets. They've been um, yeah, not like been quite significant amount. They've been buying. But so this raises another question, right? Because the market cap of Luna is what twenty billion or something, twenty five. You had yeah, it open 30, earlier. Yeah, yeah. 30. But does that mean that they sold off Luna to buy this Bitcoin or did they mint UST into existence to buy the Bitcoin? Um, I tried to put this in a chart because one of the guys explained it and I thought like, I'll, I'll, I'll try and explain this. Mm -hmm. um, um, What's so, LFG? Yeah. That's the Luna Foundation Guard. L Luna, Luna Foundation Guard. So the sun is this entity. Like yeah. Sounds like let's fucking oh, go. I know. I, I love the I sense of humor. I think that's what they're trying to say. Yeah. 
So that's that's another thing, right? We're talking about this decentralized stablecoin, and they are now introducing this LFG thing, which seems to be a pretty centralized entity, which is buying yeah. Bitcoin and holding that. So that's one of the questions that I have for the ecosystem. You know, are they still a decentralized stablecoin if they now have a centralized entity who holds Bitcoin and controls how that gets introduced? Doesn't sound that decentralized anymore to me. And Just, the decision that was made, Flo, how like was that a decentralized decision or was that a like how was that decision good question, made? Yeah, I don't know. Because I don't know it, what. Yeah, you know, if, did they need a, a vast majority to to make such a decision? Because you would say that this is quite significant, right? Like on on the yeah, yeah. roadmap to to what it needs to be going well, maybe forward. Maybe you can. Like Misari often has that kind of information, like on Terra or Luna. Maybe they can, in their metrics, they can tell us about the, jeez, uh, yeah, somewhere they have that usually. I'll I'll try and find out. Um, token economics, and then they have some token distribution. Okay, I can't find it. Uh, I'll maybe try and do that later. Um, but. I could imagine that this LFG, they've gotten a bunch of Luna at the launch for very, very cheap, cheap prices, right? So they might have, or they might have just gotten it as Genesis supply when they minted all that Luna. And so they've gotten this stuff and it's like this entity that they founded and Do Kwon, the founder of Terra might be on the board of it, who knows. But now they're sitting all this Luna and they have a ton of that. And that's worth like billions and billions of dollars because Luna went up so much. So what they now did is um, probably they sold Luna into the protocol, right, to receive UST, and then they use that UST to essentially buy Bitcoin right, and store yeah. that in their LFG reserves. So they're kind of giving away their Luna, and that's then burnt, and um, they receive UST for it. So that's kind of, I think, in isolation, this mechanism that they're doing. They, they've got a ton of Luna, and maybe what they want to do is they want to diversify this LFG. There's some cool thoughts jumping around on Twitter. Maybe I can link a few of these in the show notes. Um, but I think that's kind of one part of the system, what they're trying to do here or what they are doing. Yeah, and I saw well, that the Genesis supply was like 1 billion, I think, if I remember right. I don't know, it's a round number, right? And the circulating so. supply is only like 350 or something, right? So does yeah. that mean that they've still got that massive 75% war chest that still they can use for... That's a good question, yeah. Like who decides, you know? Like, yeah, you see? Yeah, yeah. There Max is, supply, uh, that's one billion, one billion right? and they have circulating supply of 360. That so means there's like that? So 700 million around. Yeah. Yeah. Good question. So if you're these guys, um, so I, so one reason why I kind of, you know, became, I decided to, you know, to invest some money in Luna was because I watched an interview with Do Kwan on real vision and two things that he said um that well a couple of things he said so one he's like well i i he had identified that a stable coin is one of the killer apps um of you know in, in the cryptocurrency world basically 
he's like, you know, the store value is, is occupied with Bitcoin. Um, the internet computer thing is done with Ethereum, even though, you know, some scaling issues, whatever. But he's like, the, the fully decentralized stablecoin, like that's a killer app. If we, if somebody can solve that, that'll be intensely popular and it'll actually help mainstream adoption massively, right? Like if you believe in Web3 being the future and stuff. So, so that, that made sense to me. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. Um, then the other thing he was like, and this is just maybe because he's kind of flippant, but I, maybe other people would think he's arrogant, but I just thought it was, I thought I liked it. Um, was like, you know, I'm not, uh, so there was questions about, well, what are you going to do about, you know, this, maybe there'll be legal trouble ahead with the SEC and stuff. And he's like, well, I don't think they've ever dealt with a founder who doesn't need the money and who's not afraid to go to jail. <laughs> and I was just like, dude, that's, I, I respect it, right? If he's not afraid to go to jail over um, a project that he's, that he believes in, then I'm like, more power to you. I think that attitude is, is good. And, you know, he's not a U.S. citizen. He doesn't live in the U.S. Why would the SEC's opinion of this matter much, right? I mean, there's, of course, there's parts of this where it would matter, but just the general attitude I thought was, was, was cool. Um, uh, so having said all this, of course, now if these guys are sitting on a bunch of wealth, it is incredibly uh, seductive, right? To use something that didn't cost you anything and buy real assets with it and real assets in this case being Bitcoin. Um, and it just, as long as it stays in the ecosystem, I wouldn't have a problem with it, even though what you say flow is right. Of course, it pulls into question, is this thing still decentralized? Is it still really an algorithmic stablecoin? Um, probably, I don't know. I'd have to think about that. Um, but the other thing is, of course, and if it comes out somehow that they're, that there's some embezzlement going on, like that would, for me, that would kill the integrity of the project big time, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, another red flag for me, right, is, is, you know, right now we're still talking about it and we're, we're not up in arms because they decided to buy Bitcoin. But what if they decided to buy something else? Like what if they bought, I don't know, Doge or, you know, something else, yeah. right? And what would, what would we then say? It's just that right now, Bitcoin has this very high uh, reputation, right? So when, when they say, yeah, we're buying Bitcoin, we go, oh yeah, that makes sense. That could be used to, to cap or cut that death spiral before it gets too bad. Um, but the, the question, I think like what Flo was alluding to earlier, how decentralized is it in terms of its structure and also in terms of how that decision gets made to use that large amount of wealth, right? To, to, to deploy it, like, yeah, how, how does that work? And then my own perspective on it is that that whole sequence, right, flow that you had, that death spiral, it starts off with um, a bear market putting pressure on crypto assets. But um, mm -hmm. unfortunately, over the last six to 12 months, I was hoping that Bitcoin would act as a much more uncorrelated asset to the the broad markets but it hasn't right it's gone down quite significantly yeah the the run-up was huge right to 60 something thousand dollars but then it dropped pretty quickly too you know so when you need something to be a ballast in those down drafts when everyone's panicking i'm not sure if bitcoin 
offers as much as we would like it to in terms of its stability and uncorrelatedness, you know? Yeah. So that's just still, some of mine. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It still trades like a tech stock. Um, mm. But I think all three of us have read this. Um, I think it was a great article about Arthur Hay, Hayes. You know, the one mm -hmm, where, mm -hmm. um, yeah, he, he talked about like the energy crisis and, uh, and things like that. And one of the things, like he was pretty bullish on gold and mm -hmm. for obvious reasons. Um, but what he was also saying is that he thinks or he believes that at some point Bitcoin will break out of that, like will not trade yep. like a tech stock anymore and will yep. behave more like gold because more and more people will actually see the benefits, right? If you, if, if gold goes up tremendously mm -hmm. and, and people are trying to figure out how to ship gold from A to B, um, yeah, they might get aware of this other solution that's out there that's also scarce um, and backed by energy. Mm -hmm. They might, uh, yeah, go yeah, on. Yeah, highly recommend that piece, man. It's the best yeah, what, macro it, yeah. crypto sort of piece I've read, I think. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's why I think, like, I, I think for them, like what else would they back it with, right? If not Bitcoin. And I, th I love the idea of them doing it. You know, mm. that's what like what we've been dreaming of. Maybe there's a currency someday that's backed by backed by Bitcoin, right? Somehow yeah. it's like this U.S. dollar backed by gold, but they're actually backing well, it with Bitcoin. Well, and so in this case, it's a free float, which is even better than a gold standard. It's like a, it's like a bank call system. It's a, it's it's. It regulates itself based on this other reserve, you know. Oh, no, no, you I mean. think that, yeah. But in this case, if you've got Bitcoin in the mix, yeah, like Bitcoin gives value to Luna, which Luna then uses to regulate the the stability of the stablecoin, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I definitely, so there's other stable coins that have been pretty successful, right? I mean, uh, DAI, I think, is a prominent one. Um, and maybe we can talk about that, um, was it Iron Crash or, or Titan Crash that we had talked about before as a, like a negative example and kind of look at what happened there if we have time. But the, um, like DAI, multi-collateral DAI, right? So they have multiple collaterals backing their stable coin. Um, but then when you look into it, I think a lot, most of it is USDC, which is just another stable coin, right? <laughs> Except of course that one is, uh, backed dollar by, bagged. dollar backed, yeah. dollar backed by Coinbase. Right. But then it's yeah. the, I think the biggest, uh, issue that they're trying to solve here with USDT is, uh, you don't want to end up like USDT absorbing just billions and billions of, of dollars ideally you want to have i think you really ideally want to have the thing being backed by the power of the ecosystem right like being backed by an by a digital economy like how cool is that right so in this case it yeah. doesn't have a military um but there's strong user incentives that that uh, get you in that keep you in ideally and if i mean i would love for them to get it to work i just hope that nobody gets um, distracted by the by greed basically on the way Oh, one thing that Doquan said that I forgot to mention earlier that also made me like it is he eventually wants to pull a Satoshi, right? So the idea is build this up, bootstrap it to success, and then uh, shut down Terraform Labs 
the company that 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 incubated it basically yeah, yeah. the start and and make it completely like make it like a DAO, make it an autonomous um, organization that just runs um on a protocol layer so no more no kings right no kingdoms no no walled gardens everything completely autonomous so that idea is super attractive to me now whether they'll get there or not I, i'm you know we'll be watching hopefully we'll be watching for a long time um but i think it's it's a cool idea um and then yeah the other thing was the what, what was that coin called so i think it was iron or something that was also the stable coin that iron had a or pretty titan i i don't think i can pull off the story um pretty, <laughs> but pretty, it went uh, to this death spiral and went to zero yeah. pretty quickly but i think it was because of a um an issue in the system like they had something but the, the, yeah, the little know. that I read on it uh, is that compared to Luna, the difference is Luna has applications. This one didn't. Mm. Right. So mm. Luna, while we say it's backed, not backed by anything, right? Mm. Actually, like in some aspects, you'd say at least it's got that, got the applications there that are, yeah. Yeah. that are backing it, right? And I just wanted to, while we're on that point, just to bring in another perspective that maybe you guys can consider. Um, if you look at MasterCard or Visa and, and, and think of that as, you know, a more mature chai, let's say, right? Um, the value of MasterCard, like what, 350 billion US dollars, right? Market cap and Visa's, I think 450. So in total, they're like nearly a trillion dollars worth. And that's just, that's not counting the, the US dollars that flow through their systems, right? That's just the value that they have to the economy as a payment system. Settling right? payments, right? And, and exactly. taking a small surcharge, yeah. Exactly, right? And that's from what I heard, that's what Chai is trying to do. And that's what they want the, all the different stable coins to do, right? Um, and to do it at a, at a lower cost more effectively. So yeah. if you were to use that as an argument, you'd say, hey, that there is some value to the Luna protocol, right? And maybe it's very undervalued because right now, what, what was it just now on CoinMarketCap? Was that like 35 billion or something? So it's yeah. like 20X less than Visa and MasterCard, right? Yeah. Um, well, to be fair, you I think you could add the market caps of UST and Luna together, so close to fifty billion, but which is already impressive, right? But the, um, but yeah, I think that's an excellent point. I hadn't thought of that, uh, Jason. Because yeah, what's backing yeah. Mastercard and Visa? Like, what's giving it that value? Right. I mean, I mean, I, right. Ideally, dollars in someone else's bank account, but there's a basically a legal framework that's enforceable right that's really what it comes down to if you don't if you create debt on your card then you're liable for it as a not mastercard not visa but the the person who who runs the card right well but i guess they also have the software to do like this settlement right exactly yeah, I think high transaction the... speed um mm -hmm. that needs like backend and software to to do that yeah yeah yeah, so high transaction speed, right? That always comes up with uh, credit cards. Just one quick note. So yes, they can process a bunch of transactions, but settlement is actually super slow, right? Yeah. 30, yeah. To, 30 to 60 days, depending on 
the vendor's yeah. settings. But that's because uh, so of the even banks, bit, right? Yeah, but so even Bitcoin's faster than that, right? Everybody always shits yeah. on Bitcoin. Oh, only 15 transactions per second. It's like, yeah, but they're settled. Like they're done. They're no one's liability anymore. So. Um, okay, yeah, yeah. It was, I agree. So there was this other thing, uh, Flo, I don't know if we want to get into it, but so what is the, the deal? You got excited about this um, connection between Luna, Terra Luna ecosystem and Thor chain, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. But let's, let's I'll, I'll, t I'll take a note of that. I just wanted to do like this, this yeah. uh, one more thing to close this up because Jason was just talking about application. And yes. Um, it, while Chai, I've got no idea what Chai's doing. Maybe you can find out from your Korean friend. Who knows? Oh, I got, um, I got a response. She's like, "Dude, sorry, bro, no, no idea. idea. Never heard of it." There you go. So See, it I doesn't guess it's exist. not doing They're that well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, like, but one thing I, I did find out, and I find, I find that is very, very interesting, is Anchor, and this Anchor is a borrowing lending protocol um, that they heavily subsidize. So the Terra ecosystem heavily subsidizes that and it gives you 20% yield on your stable coins, right? So you can buy a ton of USTs and you can deposit them into Anchor and they give you a fixed yield of 20%, which is pretty damn high, right? Um, and what that essentially does is, and 20% yield is not sustainable. We talked about it earlier. They, from the borrowing side, they don't nearly get that much. and so there's some other stuff that flows into that, but essentially it's a huge marketing thing in, in air quotes kind of where the foundation, they subsidize Anchor with fiscal stimulus. So they prop it up with UST so that they can sustain this 20% yield um, in the ecosystem. And the 20% yield, what that does again is the 20% yield creates a lot of demand for USTs, right? Because it's really hard to get that anywhere else that stable and that safe. You just take your dollars and just put them in like easy as easy as anything. It's super simple, but what that does is it creates strong demand for UST burns Luna reduces Luna supply and brings up the price of Luna. And guess who has Luna is the Luna foundation guard, right? So they've got Luna. So with this mechanism, and that's to me, it's kind of like circular, right? They're supplying this UST in here propping up the 20% yield, hoping that people will keep buying USTs and depositing them here. And with that, then burning more Luna, increasing the value of their bag that they're holding with their Luna. Um, and then maybe using that to buy some Bitcoin to diversify. So that's a very interesting mechanism. And on top of that, what I found out is that the majority of the UST that's used is tied up in Anchor. And so what that means is if Anchor lowers the yield for some reason, that could mean that people would not deposit their USTs in there anymore. Let's say they would only be able to do this at the rate that borrowers actually pay for the money. Maybe that's around 5% or 10%, who knows? Um, but that would then mean it's like a much less competitive. It's 10%, not 20% anymore, and you can get that elsewhere. So people wouldn't deposit their Luna and that would kind of create the verb, the kind of the reverse mechanism and, and stop the whole process, right? So the, the fiscal stimulus is really needed from this foundation to keep it propped up is at least what some people say. There, there's one guy, Freddie Reynolds, I think he's pretty damn smart. 
and he's analyzed this. He even has this chart that he always shows. Um, and on this chart, you can basically see the anchor reserve, how that's chugging along um, in like feeding these 20% that people get on their deposited stable coins. And they've just recently in February, they've propped it up with another 450 million UST stable coins. And it's, it's, it's already going downhill because there's lots of people that have their stable coins in anchor earning yields. And so the guy even has this like runway and he says it's like less than hundred days until they have to prop this thing up again. So that's really something that's quite interesting and that I'm following closely, just finding out, uh, yeah, how long this thing's going to last and what they're going to do next. Cause this to me, seems to be the biggest demand driver for UST at the moment is their own yeah. internal lending and borrowing protocol. And how so that's just something, yeah. How does this stack up to your, to our previous episode on Ponzi? It's like flow in, flow out. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Um, I, I, I think like, I'm, and I'm, I'm currently writing this article and maybe we can talk about that next time. Um, but essentially I went through the descriptions of a Ponzi from the SEC. And a lot of that is transparency uh, promising returns that you can't sustain over the long term. Um, yeah, being not very clear about where the returns come from. And a bunch of these things apply to Anchor here. And hmm. I'm not saying it's crazy, but it's, so, there's some things here that like, you know, it could be all I, like mechanism design of the ecosystem to prop it up um, or stimulus. But on the yeah. other side, you could also say like, yeah, maybe it's a pyramid scheme. Maybe it's a Ponzi, who knows? Because if, if, if I don't understand this anywhere near well enough, right? I'm just going off what I've learned now and looking at your diagram. But it sounds like, okay, they've got this bunch of Luna that they can then they can use to incentivize people to come in and get USDT and they get a, they get a, a yield, right? But as people come in, the, the value of Luna goes up, which they can then use to stimulate more people coming in to buy more UST, right? So yeah. it's like, it's this cyclical thing where, again, you're, you're using the prior, prior people that raised their arm up saying, yeah, yeah, I'll give this a go. You're using them to incentivize the next group of people to come in. Yeah. And that yes. gives yeah. more value to the whole enterprise. It's, um, yeah, yeah, it just sounds, let's see how there, it goes. <laughs> there are aspects on this and maybe in a future episode, we can put this onto a, um, Ponziness scale and see how far down the Ponzi road this is, yeah. or yeah, if it's just like a marketing stimulus thing, they do it until they've propped up the ecosystem properly and then pull out the reserves and, and lower the rate, who knows? Because there, there is one aspect yeah. that, that this would not be a Ponzi or it would not be a, a pyramid scheme, right? It'd be when the overall value of the whole protocol grows at a rate that's higher than that yield. So if say yeah. that yield comes down to 10%, but the overall underlying value of this thing goes up by more than 10% per year, then it's not a Ponzi, you could argue. It's not yeah. a pyramid scheme, right? Like if 
it's just like saying you if you are one of the first owners of mastercard or visa and mastercard or visa grows at i don't know what the rate was for the next 30 years right it it wouldn't be a ponzi to be taking money out of that of that um of that whole system right because you're you're being collateralized by something that's growing faster than your dividend payment essentially yeah yeah like if the system keeps growing like that maybe yeah, yeah. i mean russia's paying yeah. russia's paying like 20 percent now on government bonds right i think something like that so if you go in there saying yeah i'll lend the russian government money if it's legal in your country and you get paid 20 25 percent you're basically saying like yeah but it's okay because the russian economy would probably grow more than that because I, I'm bullish oil and gas and whatever, right? Or bullish nuclear weapons, I don't know. But the point is you, you're you saying that, yeah, I don't think it's a Ponzi. I'm going to put money into this system because I think the underlying thing that I'm putting money into will grow faster than the dividends that I'm taking out, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and it's important, right, to, to make sure, like, when you look at the total ecosystem of Luna, it's it's pretty vast. Like, I mean, I don't know, like compared to ETH, of course, it's still small, but compared to Solana, I think it's comparable. So there is a lot of, uh, there's a lot of use, use cases going on. And, like, that kind of goes back to a little bit to what I was saying earlier, like if the overall digital economy in that ecosystem is well connected also to other ecosystems like ETH, um, cross-chain uh, collaborations and so forth, then there is intrinsic value that's being created in the system. And so then um, that goes then to a little bit, you know, to Raul Pal's thing with how do you value these networks? Um, and there was this, um, Metcalf's law, right? How to value yeah, effects. Yeah. value of a of a network. So there's part of that, and then, but more recently, he's uh, kind of broken it down even simpler, where you can you can come up with a pretty close approximation of the value of the ETH and Bitcoin and Luna and Solana and all, many of these active uh, networks by looking at um, active wallet addresses. So kind of use that as a proxy for users, and then yeah. multiply it by uh, uh, transaction volume, right? So, transaction volume in 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 like um, not like wash trading and centralized exchanges, but like actual economic activity, so to say. And he said, with that, you get pretty close. So that's interesting, right? So then it's more to me. The anchor is more like a marketing campaign, you could say. Um, it's like, yeah, we're gonna spend four or five hundred million dollars but like yeah we could blow it on google ads or facebook ads or something but instead we'll just pay users to come in here right um, and that's that's what paypal did right paypal was like yeah 50 bucks you for your first transaction yeah, yeah. because we're convinced that our thing is so good that uh, you'll stay after that yeah. so I, i'm not you right like i said i'm not saying that it's going to work out i'm just saying it's like yeah why not if you can just try it and see and then if the users stay, now that's a whole other story, right? We'll see. Yeah, yeah. And th I think that's really the 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 interesting part that they're playing here. I think they're they're trying to get more users onto their onto their base, more people to get familiar and and see that this thing works, that it holds the peg. 
And mm -hmm. I mean, their, their ultimate goal is to spread this as far as they can. And a par part of that is they're bringing this to other chains. And I think yeah. they've spoken to uh, Avalanche. They've brought it to the Ethereum ecosystem. And now we can get to that topic. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, one of the things I think it's, it's going to be coming out next week is that UST and Luna is going to be available for trading on ThorChain. And ThorChain is this, think of it as Uniswap, but cross-chain. Right, so you can go there um, and not only trade ERC-20 tokens, but you can trade Bitcoin for Ethereum at non-custodial. Like not, you could do that on Binance, obviously, yes, but it's a centralized exchange and you kind of have to send your tokens there. But with this, you can plug in your ledger with Bitcoin and you can plug in your ledger with Ethereum. You can swap it one for one without sending it to anybody else. Um, and that's pretty novel, pretty cool. And so they're introducing UST and Luna onto their system. And I think that will give an interesting boost uh, to this because you can then, yeah, maybe trades won't use as much USDT tether anymore to settle. Maybe they'll use UST in the future to do swaps between Bitcoin and Ethereum in a decentralized way. So without getting into it too deep, I think that's just something that's going to be exciting and interesting to, to monitor and give UST more more usage in the whole ecosystem yeah yeah and then the other thing is if somebody builds a credit card that you can pay off with ust then to me that will <laughs> be cool, yeah. i'll be i'll be sold at that point i would say this is a this is going to be a success for sure yeah um i've heard about this venture the there's some in australia they're doing something um so far i haven't seen it but okay i haven't seen it work at least yeah Really cool. So is the idea that UST becomes the stablecoin, like the stablecoin for ThorChain, or are they not, maybe not that exclusive? Um, I mean, they're currently the major stablecoin in trade volume on ThorChain is uh, Binance USD. Mm. So it's on the, the Binance chain. And I guess, I mean, the ethos of ThorChain is to be decentralized. And right. uh, I think bringing in a decentralized stablecoin in comparison to Binance USD is definitely going to, be of interest to a lot of people on that platform. So I think, I think, uh, UST can easily overtake Binance UST on on Thorchain once once that thing is launched and yeah, just give it generally more demand, um, and make it like a really nice and liquid token on there that can be used to settle trades between different currencies. Nice. Yeah. Hey, um, just. Hopping backwards a little bit, going back to the 20% yield, right? We all say that it's so unbelievable, right? But just to give another perspective, I wonder if we're saying that 20% yield is so unbelievable because we're so used to believing that, you know, 2%, 3%, 5% um, fixed deposit rates are what we can expect, right? Like most of our formative years plus our adult years have been under um financial conditions where putting money in a bank would be a fool's errand because you know you're taking all the risk with no reward uh but if you were to look at you know cpi officially now it's like eight percent right and if you're looking at it at um the way it was calculated in 1980 right you can use shadow stats as a yeah. the website shadow stats as a reference 
currently inflation's at 15%. So if inflation's at 15% and you're depositing something at 20%, it's not that crazy. Yeah. You know, you're getting a 5% yield. And who knows, maybe the, the guys at Luna see it that way as well, right? They're seeing real inflation going through the roof. And they're going like, yeah, maybe 20%, you're paying that 5% real um, yield is a good price to pay to for marketing purposes to grow the network, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm not saying adding... that I'm right. I'm just saying that's yeah. another perspective to have a look at. Just because nominally yeah. 20 sounds like a big number, but in, when real inflation is really like at 15, let's say, and maybe in Korea, it's even higher than in the US, right? So uh, maybe 20% isn't that crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and adding to that, that uh, Web3 overall, or you know, crypto overall is growing at a clip of over 100% annualized, right? The, the total, um, total of everything added together is growing faster than the internet, fastest growing technology ever. So then it really doesn't seem so ridiculous to think that one fifth of that growth could be paid back to users, so to say. Um, and uh, the other thing, you know, uh, when, when Michael Saylor started buying Bitcoin uh, officially with MicroStrategy, he was also talking about this, you know, war on currency that's going on and he, he, with his analysis, uh, laid out that um, basically, well, it's one thing he said is like, well, any assets that you would want to own, that you would want to exchange your US dollars for are so overpriced that it's kind of pointless to buy them. Um, and the other thing is that the, yeah, like you said, Jason, like the real inflation um, is, there's, is like 15, he even said like 18%. So basically any investment that he would make with his dollars, he has to clear a hurdle rate of 15 to 18% to even net make money on that, right? And then, and then, so his thing is like, well, so we could go out and buy a bunch of companies, but that's not really a proven business model. He knows of many, many businesses that failed because of mergers. And so then, so, you know, he goes through all the options and at the end, he's like, Bitcoin, right? And, um, if you, so I'm not saying this is not an ad for Bitcoin, like Michael does a good job at that already, <laughs> but um, just just considering that that hurdle rate, right? That you have to clear before you technically make any money, right? So like, I think the S&P 500 over the last 20 years netted roughly 20% per year. So really you didn't take home all that much, right? So- No, yeah. Actually they say equities don't actually do that well in high, in strong inflationary, environments commodities do well and speculation does well but yeah no you're, you're kind of stuck if you're the middle class looking for a way to hold on to your net worth you, you kind of get wiped out um it wasn't there but there was a time right in this uh, when was the last time that like in the u.s bank deposits paid over 10 percent? that was in the 80s i think right the early 80s late 70s yeah yeah, and wasn't that also a super prosperous time on on average? Is uh, that fair to say? Or not really? I don't think so. I think there were like fuel lines and, and there was a lot of uncertainty. I think there was even this thing called the, I can't even remember, is it called the Carter bonds or something? I, I, I can't remember the name, but basically the US government had to issue treasuries promising to pay out in Swiss francs, right? Oh. 
because the Swiss franc was backed by gold and surplus nations didn't trust the US dollar anymore. So Luke Groman often talks about this time in, I think, 79, when um, Paul Volcker, the, the Fed chair, flew to, to Belgrade to talk to all these Europeans, right? And they were basically saying, yeah, we're not going to, unless you change something, we're not going to put our surpluses in US treasuries anymore. I'm sorry, because inflation's going too crazy. Um, we'll, we'll just go back onto our own gold standard, but we can't trust you to hold the value of our savings. And Vol Volker went back and within like a day or two, he started to um, raise interest rates and got it to, I think, 19% at the max. Basically pulled, like, like pulled a massive recession on the US to save the dollar-based system, right? And that, that brought inflation under control because people were like, oh, okay, if I can put money in the, in the system at 19%, which is pretty close to anchors 20%, right? Um, yeah, there'll be more integrity in the system. We'll build reserves. That means a lot of businesses can't expand or might, might even go bankrupt, but so be it. They're just saying that that's not possible today because, you know, debt to GDPs for most developed nations are close to 100 or if not above 100%. So doing that would basically just you know, kill the whole economy. Like you can imagine like Flo in Sydney now, like how much is a, a home that you'd be happy to live in, right? It's like a million or two, you know? I'm even gonna check, and, I can afford it. Yeah, well, I don't know if Luna keeps going up. <laughs> but um, But you just imagine if you're leveraged and you've taken debt on like over 20 years to buy a $2 million home and interest rates go from 2% to 10%, like 10% hmm. on a $2 million loan is 200 grand a year just to pay your interest, right? Nobody has that money. Like nobody middle-class has that money. So then foreclosures happen and the whole thing just goes. Right. So they can't allow that to happen, right? Um, yeah, true. Yeah. Good lesson in macroeconomics. Yeah. Thank of financial systems. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I don't know if I got the facts exactly right, but I think directionally it was something like that, right? And I think the, the golden era, a lot of people talk about the golden era of American, American economy was probably in the 60s before Vietnam happened, before there was this huge spending right on military adventures so there was a that window of time between the korean war and the vietnamese war where you know america was yeah the golden it was going through like a golden age right there was no one to compete with them um europe was still trying to rebuild asia was kind of non-existent as a developed market besides even japan was trying to rebuild so America was basically producing for the whole world, banking for the whole world, you know, they, they were the bee's knees, right? Well, let's hope that the Terra Luna ecosystem becomes that. <laughs> the, um, so uh, I think we're close to wrapping it up. I have a hard stop in a couple of minutes. So I wanted to ask Flo, do we know what the next episode is going to be about? Yeah. I've got no idea. 
Um, okay, great. Well, then we can't announce it. <laughs> so it'll we be a mystery. There'll be another one. There will be another one, and we will figure out what it's going to be about. And then so, the other thing is, you know, so we're part of the Tokenomics DAO. You can follow on Twitter and at Tokenomics DAO. You can find that Twitter account and join Discord because I cannot repeat the link because it's just a bunch of gibberish. Um, and we'll link it down below you... for sure. Yeah, we'll link it in the show notes and on YouTube, wherever you find this. We have nerdy conversations like this all the time. And if you have something to add, uh, maybe you can be on a podcast episode in the future. Yeah, like it even, just, it, just even if there's like ideas. Just so we know what you're thinking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ideas on this, uh, topics that you'd like to talk about. Like Jason and I sometimes, you know, we don't we don't really schedule a topic up front, but then a couple of days before the the time, like we usually do every Thursday, we come up with something and I just like let's talk about it, and then we do. And so it's actually yeah. it's actually something that we want to talk about anyway, and then we just decide mm -hmm. oh yeah. we might as well do it seriously and record it and record it. So, yeah. Pretty fun. Yeah. Has worked best anyway. Yeah. Cool guys. And I, I usually learn a lot. Like right now, I feel like my knowledge on Luna Terra has increased significantly. Thanks to you guys. So much. <laughs> thanks. Mine did too. So well, the, um, the rabbit hole is way deep. So I can give you a little spiel on DeFi, like Terra Luna DeFi plays. It's pretty cool. Pretty good stuff in there. Maybe we could do that next time. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about what to do with your tokens in these ecosystems. All right. Then cool. um, I'll have to scoot. I need to go pick my kid up. There you go. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Catch you guys later. Thank you. See awesome. ya. Bye.